This episode is brought to you in part by The Good Book Company, publisher of Does the Bible Affirm Same-Sex Relationships? by Rebecca McLaughlin, a book that examines 10 claims about the Bible's view of sexuality. Go to thegoodbook.com slash sexualethics to receive 25% off with code CT25. Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher from PreachingToday.com, where we talk about different facets of preaching. And today we're going to look at an interesting take on an ancient guide to preaching. I'm here with uh, my guest today, Jeremy McKean. It's great to have you here with us, Jeremy. Great to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And Jeremy, you are one of the few guests we've had on the second time. So you're a repeat guest. Ooh, second date, man. That's saying something. Thanks. It's it's getting serious. So uh, so we're really, really glad that you're here. So you wrote a new book. You have a new book coming out on what preachers can learn from an ancient source and guide for preaching. And that guide is something that we all have. We have it, and we've probably read it. It is the, drum roll please, New Testament book of Hebrews. Right. So, uh, Jeremy, tell us, how did you discover this as a guide for preachers today yeah it's uh i would say it's not just an ancient guide it's an inspired guide because it's a sermon and uh, it's an inspired sermon Uh, what i discovered uh was when i was doing my research in preaching through hebrews was that it was a sermon uh the homiletician charles uh, campbell said uh, it's actually one of the best examples uh, of an early Christian sermon. And because it's actually inspired part of the canon, uh, my argument is it's the best um, yeah. it, model for a Christian sermon because uh, it is delivered. It's the only sermon that we have that's delivered to a new covenant established congregation. And so you, you find at the very end of the book, he actually says uh, to bear with my word of exhortation. And when you look at other passages in the New Testament, like in Acts 13, when Paul delivered his sermon uh, at the synagogue in Antioch, it was called a word of exhortation. They asked him, hey, bring us a word of exhortation. Hmm. So this was sort of the colloquial name uh, for a sermon. It wasn't called a sermon. It was called a word of exhortation uh, in the early church. And so when you look at that indicator at the very end of Hebrews, that it's a word of exhortation, I mean, all kinds of scholars. I, I actually not read a scholar, uh, a commentator, who's not acknowledged that fact uh, that it is a, a written sermon. And so, I argue, oh, well, wait a minute here. If this is a written sermon and it's the only sermon delivered to an established congregation that's expounding and applying the Bible to an established community, well, then this is the model sermon for our sermons today. And so that, so what happened was that I actually went looking to read this book. I was like, well, man, this is a, this is a model sermon for us. This is preaching. What can we learn about this for our preaching today? And so I kind of scoured the internet. I found some really helpful articles, but I didn't find a book. And then I was kind of asked by some editors with Christianity Today, hey, would you consider writing a book with us? Uh, do you have anything in mind? And I said, well, there's actually a book I was wanting to read, but uh, I couldn't find it. So I actually never intended to write this book. I wanted to read the book. And then 
uh, it wasn't out there that I know of. Uh, and so that kind of started our journey. If you want a job done well, do it yourself, right? <laughs> well, so. I, I hope it I hope it came out well. Uh, <laughs> it's my best attempt. It's my first book, you know, and I'm very uh, very excited about it. Very humbled by it. Yeah, and uh, I yeah I really hope it it winds up uh, just inspiring and encouraging, uh, not just budding preachers, uh, but also uh, busy preachers. It's it's written in a way to where. It's very accessible. I mean, you yes, got the, it is. It's fifteen principles, and you just you've got the principle, and then you've got some practical steps on how does this work out in our in our sermons today. So yeah, that's great. So your first chapter is titled "Getting Out of the Way." Um, what does that mean, and how do you see that in the word of exhortation in the book of Hebrews? Yeah, great question. Uh, that was actually uh, one of my favorite chapters to write. Uh, because whenever I started talking to people in our congregation that I was planning on preaching through Hebrews, you know, the age old question uh, came out in abundance, which was, well, who do you think wrote the book of Hebrews? Uh-huh. And I was trying to make the argument that uh, I, I think that we're not meant to know for a reason. And we're not meant to know for a reason because the point is not who was writing it. The point is who was speaking through the writer. And that's why he actually begins by saying God spoke in in many ways in the past and many times God spoke by the prophets. Hmm. So it's not so much, the, the importance is not so much the prophet or the actual mouthpiece, but who is actually speaking through that mouthpiece. And so right away we see that the preacher of Hebrews gets out of the way. Uh, and then even when he quotes scripture, it's very interesting. It, he he only brings in, I think, from my recollection, he only brings in one name uh, when he's quoting and he says David. But more often than not, uh, he'll, he'll say, the Holy Spirit says, God said, or God says. Yeah. So he's getting out of the way, not just by um, not including his own name, but by not including the writers who he's quoting from the scriptures. And so uh, my argument in the very beginning was that uh, we should do what we can to get out of the way. Uh, The illustration I used was uh, one morning I went downstairs and I heard my uh, little son uh, saying to his sister, please, please. Uh, My daughter, my daughter was saying to him, please get out of the way. He was standing in front of the TV and he was going on and on about who knows what. Um, and she's like, please, buddy, get out of the way. And he finally, you know, moved out of the way. So she, she wanted to see. And I saw in there a little parody of kind of what happens oftentimes in preaching. Hmm. We can tend to be, um, a distraction if we're not careful to where people are, are coming away thinking more about us and the quote unquote sermon and how we did versus actually, encountering God. And so what my daughter wanted to encounter, she wasn't able to really see because my uh, son was getting in her way. And so how do we, how do we kind of step back and make sure that we're not the main focus uh, in the sermon? So that's kind of the first chapter. Yeah, that's great. How would the writer of Hebrews build his platform though? today. That would be really difficult, you know, to have a Twitter account when nobody knows who you are. So anyway, that's just a 
never mind that. But uh, so your second chapter you you titled "Show Them Jesus," um, and so I'm thinking, um, well, yeah, but doesn't every preacher want to do that? And so, what is the how does the writer of Hebrews specifically help us to show our people Jesus in our preaching? Yeah, well, that, that's the yeah, big thing, right? I mean, Hebrews is Christology at its highest yep. in the New Testament, and and that's really sh- should be the central theme of every sermon uh, of ours today is a focus upon Christ. Uh, the way he does that really uniquely is uh, he's bringing in so many different titles. You know, he calls uh, Jesus the heir, firstborn, God, the pioneer, the one who sanctifies, apostle, builder of God's house, great high priest, forerunner, guarantee, minister, mediator, perfecter, great shepherd of the sheep. I mean, he is capturing our imagination Mm. in so many different ways with so many different titles um, in in helping us to see Jesus uh, in fresh, unique ways. Um, Not new ways, but he's drawing upon uh, the Old Testament uh, types and shadows and images and helping us to see how Christ fulfills them all. And so, you know, I make the argument that we should be doing the same thing. We should be, you know, thinking about how we in every sermon, help our people to see Jesus, get a greater vision of Jesus. Uh, because as the uh, preacher to the Hebrews says, how do we run this race? Looking to Jesus, um, having our, our vision of Jesus expanded. Uh, J.B. Phillips once wrote a, a book called Your God is Too Small. Uh, I think someone should write a book called Your Jesus is Too Small. Mm-hmm. Um, because our vision of Jesus tends to be, in our day, sort of this like, you know, hip homeboy who's like, you know, kind of the the cool uh, rabbi with sandals uh, who wants to kind of sit down and have a nice little chat. Uh, but you look at the you look at the book of Hebrews, and the the preacher is at pains to get his congregation to see the majesty and mm. the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. Because how do you get someone to not depart from something? You show them the greatness of that something. Yeah. And so, I mean, that is, if there's any really big takeaway I want our readers uh, to, to have with this book is every sermon should be magnifying Christ. Um, another way he does that is he, he kind of uses typology and he shows how Jesus is better than the prophets, better than the angels. He's the better Moses, Joshua, Aaron, Abraham, Melchizedek, Abel. Uh, he offers us a better hope, a better sacrifice, a better covenant, a better ministry, better promises. He is the better tabernacle. He provides a better possession, leads us into a better country. I mean, if you you can't get, you can't get done the book of Hebrews um, without seeing Jesus, uh, yeah. you know, by, by the Spirit. But I mean, just seeing the the greatness of Jesus, and that's what I think all of our sermons should aim at. Yeah, that is awesome, Jeremy. I love your phrase, uh, capturing the imagination of our people in fresh and unique ways about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. That's that's really moving to me. Yeah, well, you, well thanks, man. You, you, that hit, you hit that on the head because I think sometimes we can have a truncated view of Jesus yeah. that we wind up delivering the same way week after week. Yeah. And what's so great about Hebrews is he comes at the greatness of Jesus in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, really models for us the approach that we should take. Yeah, I have this image of a, 
of a diamond expert, you know, looking at this beautiful diamond from all kinds of different angles under a microscope, you know, and it's all just sparkling and shining and being awed by its beauty, you know. It's like, yeah, I think it's, it's um, sometimes we get really boring. We bore people with Jesus, and it's like that, there's no reason for that. That's um, right. Yeah, anyway, there's so many different ways that you can come at who he is, what he's done, yeah, why he's beautiful, why he's necessary. Yeah. And I think just for people in our world today, not only people in our pews or sitting in, in our churches listening to our sermons, they, they need different angles on who Jesus is. But then you think cross-culturally and around the globe, you know, just the, the ways that these different images are going to spark the imagination of people from different cultures and different ways. Anyway, fascinating, really. Well, that's preaching. I mean, in my yeah. mind, preaching, I, I think um, one writer said, it's the presentation of a person to persons. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We are presenting the person of Christ. Yeah. And the Spirit, he said, uh, will glorify me. And, you know, Paul said, we all think that in Christ, that Christ might be preeminent, and so he better be preeminent in our sermons. Yeah, <laughs> that we're, we're presenting the, the beauty of. Yeah, well, so you also have a chapter on illustrations, um, which I found really interesting. Um, so, um, what does the writer of Hebrews teach us about how to illustrate our sermons? Yeah, well, one of the things I try and talk about is using illustrations that relate specifically to your audience. Uh, one of the things you see that he does is he's, he recognizes the documents and the stories that his audience are familiar with, uh, which is the Old Testament, uh, writing to yep. Jewish Christians. And so what does he do? I mean, all throughout, he's using illustrations that they would recognize, that they would resonate with. And so I think it's really helpful to apply that principle to our own preaching and think about your audience uh, and think about how can I put in illustrations that they would connect with on a week-by-week basis so that when that happens again for them in their day-to-day life, they would be like, oh, you like uh, he mentioned that movie uh, in his sermon, or he mentioned that example, and here I am in this situation. I'm you know in in the checkout line, and and j- different things that are going to really grip our specific audience that they'll relate to, and um, and so I I found that to be very uh, challenging for me in making sure that I'm not as a preacher you know who studies the word and studies theology that I'm not giving illustrations that are over people's head or outside mm. of their normal experience. Yeah. Well, he also uses um, non-biblical uh, metaphors and pictures and images, right? I mean, about like uh, running a race um, or... That's right. Yeah, or, or things like that, right? So it wasn't just... I mean, I love biblical images, and uh, but he, he also just illustrates kind of like the way we would do today, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the things I mentioned in the book is that he uses a variety of means to illustrate his points and that he'll use similes and metaphors and figures of speech and stories. And, um, you know, it's, it's very varied. It's so you're, we should, we should learn from that as well and not have a truncated view of how we create mental pictures for people. There's, there's different ways that we can go about it. Right. Um, Jeremy, how does the, the writer of book of Hebrews motivate his people, his hearers? 
I mean, he's, he's urgent. He's urgent. How would you say he goes about exhorting them to specific ways of living and believing and knowing and loving? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it's one of the things, if, you, if you're, you know, studying the book, uh, another reason why to look at it as a sermon is because there are so many different specific appeals and, and, and lines of exhortation, you know, do this, don't do that. But the way he gets you there is kind of twofold uh, by doctrine. He'll present a doctrine, he'll present texts. And then because of those texts, because of that doctrine, uh, and then also because of what those texts and doctrine teaches us about Jesus, he'll say, therefore, uh, pay much closer mm. attention, therefore, uh, run the race with endurance, therefore. And so um, the way he does it is how I argue in the book, the way we should do it. You know, we should present uh, a very clear uh, motivating line of, of logic from the scriptures and from the doctrines and say, okay, because of what I just presented, because of what scripture teaches, therefore, this is how we can faithfully and, and creatively respond to it as Christians today. Yeah, that's great. So I know you got a chapter on the Holy Spirit. I'd love to talk about that. Um, but uh, let's just go to this question. So what, you know, you've worked with this, this, exhortation, this letter of exhortation, this sermon, what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from the book of Hebrews and the book that you've written about preaching on the book of Hebrews? Yeah, one of the things that I've, I tried to do was come at this inductively mm. uh, in that I'm, I didn't want to start with, you know, I've read a lot of books on preaching, so I didn't want to start with principles that I already knew and then go try to find them in the book of Hebrews. I see. Uh, I wanted to start really with Hebrews and and inductively go from those specific uh, cases and, and examples to general principles. And, and so what I would encourage uh, the reader to do um, is, is look at it for themselves and maybe look at it as a sermon to model uh, their sermons after for the first time. And maybe they'll come up with uh, more principles than, than I developed. There's obviously more than 15 there. Um, I, I sort of just narrowed them down to what I thought were the big 15. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway would be, you know, how do we, uh, how do we determine if we're preaching biblically? Hmm. How do we really determine, am, am I communicating as faithfully um, to, to my people as God wants me uh, to do? And, and, and where do you, where do you go to answer that question? Uh, one of the main sources, I would argue, is Hebrews. You know, we're, we are literally given an inspired sermon to a new covenant established congregation so that we can go to this and say, I don't have to make this up on my own. I can see how this is done. And I can learn from the scriptures, not just in what to teach, uh, but in how to teach and how to preach um, as faithfully as as I can. And uh, every preacher of the gospel should seek for faithfulness. Um, let fruitfulness be uh, in God's hands, which it is, uh, but we want to be as faithful as we can. How do we do that? We go to the scriptures, not just for content, but also uh, uh, how to shape that content in our preaching. That's great, Jeremy. What's the title of the book again? Uh, well, it's called The Model Sermon. Um, yeah. Hebrews, just like the Lord's Prayer, you could say is the model prayer. Uh, the argument would be that uh, Hebrews is, uh, is sort of the New Testament Deuteronomy. 
Um, it's uh, the people on the verge of the new covenant era uh, and the kingdom expanding to the world and, and what that looks like for congregations and how we can model our sermons after that. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing your inductive study of the book of Hebrews, and thanks for um, sharing your insights with us. We look forward to the the book is going to be out very soon, so we'll let our people know. You'll get some more information. Go to preachingtoday.com. Jeremy, thanks again for being with us, and thanks well, thank for your you. ministry of preaching the Word of God. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, always a privilege to, to speak with you, and I'm glad we could have a second date. <laughs> Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Jeremy. And uh, this is Matt Woodley with preachingtoday.com. Preachers, read the book of Hebrews. And uh, learn again, get a fresh vision for what preaching is and how to do it. So preachers, check out the book by Jeremy McKean, The Model Sermon, and then also check out the sermon itself from the book of Hebrews. It's a great encouragement and guide for how we can learn to preach more effective sermons. I've just been talking with Jeremy McKean, author of the new book, The Model Sermon. Principles of Preaching from the Book of Hebrews. Get your copy today at themodelsermon.com. Again, that website is themodelsermon.com. This is Matt Woodley. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Monday Morning Preacher.